0: you are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the bible baptist church in marysville california we hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message All Right, praise the lord keep your bibles out uh mark chapter number 16. Uh, Mark chapter 16 and in this uh, This is the mission when we look in this passage of scripture. We find the mission uh, Of the church and when I'm talking about the mission of the church. It's not just uh, the building uh, it is the people uh, the church is the people, it's not the facilities, it's not the organizational structure, uh, it's the people. And here, in this original mission and commission uh, that the Lord has given to, uh, to the church, to his people, we find that uh, he started out not with this, what we call the Great Commission, When we look at the reason why Christ came, Luke 19.10 says the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. So we know that that was the ultimate purpose of the Lord's coming. But when the Lord started his earthly ministry, he began to have followers, and among those followers there were a select group that were called out. They were called apostles. Now, a disciple is all followers of Christ. Now, you can, be a, you can be saved and not be a follower of Christ because being a follower of Christ is practicality of our faith. It is our faith in motion. We can accept the gift of salvation without following the precepts following the principles uh, that the Lord has given to us. And so so we have here, though, the Lord. There were many people that believed. There were many disciples. But out of these many disciples, uh, he called 12. And he called them apostles. Now, the word apostle uh, is the word envoy. It's a, it's, it, it means sent ones. So these were the individuals that the Lord had called, specifically chosen. And he was going to send them with a mission. And in, in Matthew chapter 10, we see the calling of the 12 apostles. We're not going to go there uh, for time's sake this morning, but we find these 12 apostles, their name, they are called apostles. but when he called these apostles, he gave them a mission, but it was not the same as the Great Commission. It was a mission that was in alignment with the Great Commission but it wasn't all encompassing when you look at somebody that starts a business they pull together a business plan and that business plan is a business plan of where I am at right now, what I am going to do in three months, six months, nine months, a year, 18 months, and then you get to a three-year, a five-year plan, and then they want a 10-year plan, and and if you are going to present a business plan, uh, it is a very big ordeal to put together a business plan, and and as that business plan is pulled together, uh, you don't start with everything that you want to see happen 10 years from now. You start with, where are we at right now? And in Matthew, uh, we find that uh, the Lord gives some instructions. Uh, Chapter 10, I'll just read a couple verses to you. Verse 5 and 6, it says, These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. This was that first step. And when we look at who the Lord was sending the apostles to, he said, I want you to go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, you and I, we know that the, and the Lord has identified them as lost sheep. Uh, they were chosen as a nation, God chose them as a nation that he was going to work through. But when God chose the nation of Israel, he did not choose the nation of Israel for salvation. He chose the nation of Israel that they were going to be the people that he was going to work through. It was going to be through this group of people, these Hebrew people. We, we identify them often just as Jews, but uh, these individuals were the people that the Lord was going to bring uh, the line of the Messiah through. It was these people that he was going to bring the word of God through. And you and I, uh, as Gentiles, we have been, what the Bible says, if you're saved, we have been grafted in that wild olive branch to the natural olive tree. And that's referring to the nation of Israel and the Gentile nations and all being grafted in together. But what a blessing it is that the Lord here, he went first to the nation of Israel, but they rejected the Messiah. Now, not all of them rejected the Messiah. We have the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, uh, the the greatest spokesman for the church in the New Testament, Uh, the apostle called out of due season is his title. And and here we have uh, the Apostle Paul. We have all these 12 that were called, and many others believed in the Savior. But as a whole, the nation of Israel, they rejected Jesus as the Messiah. But in that, God said, I will turn to the Gentile nations. Aren't you glad? What a blessing that God didn't just stop right there. And the Lord with his commission and his calling to these apostles, he told them during his earthly ministry, while the Lord was the Messiah who had manifested himself through the prophets, he had manifested himself through the word of God, he manifested himself in creation, he manifested himself in the the, uh, hearts of man. The Bible says that he has written it on the tables of man's hearts, uh, that there is a God and that we are in need of a redeemer. And so uh, he has done all of that, but then he personally revealed himself as the Messiah to this world, and the rejected. For those of you that tell somebody else about Jesus, and they don't, people don't listen, they didn't listen to Jesus either. If, and in my mind, I just can't even fathom that. How could you reject Jesus himself? Yet they did. But after the resurrection, the mission changed. While the Lord was here on this earth, there was a mission to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But after the resurrection, the mission changed. And this morning, that's the title of the message The Mission. Change. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. Uh, may our, our minds be challenged by uh, the truths of your word. May we be strengthened in our faith. Uh, but Lord, I pray that you'd help all of us to grow. And Lord, help us to recognize our place in your mission. And just use us now today. Thank you for each person that's here, those that are watching online, those that uh, are here together with us. We pray that you would help all of us just to grow a little bit closer to you. So work now for Christ's sake. Amen. So the mission changed. Go back to Mark chapter 16, and in Mark chapter 16, we find here how the the mission that was given in Matthew 10 is now shifting. And and so uh, this mission has switched. So Mark chapter 16, look with me at verse number 14. The Bible says, Afterward he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat, and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them. Which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. So what do we find here? The mission not only changed, the mission expanded. Now, it's amazing how the Lord could look at a situation and, and take the mission that was already overwhelming. Can you imagine if there were only 12 of us that were to, to reach our entire United States? Does that even seem possible? If you were one of the 12, well, let's go to a smaller nation. Let's go to the nation of Israel. Uh, if we were sent to the entire nation of Israel and there were 12 of us, and we've got 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, and so not even these first three rows here of people, and they were, they were to go to an entire nation and be responsible uh, to give them the gospel, that seems a little bit overwhelming. We gather together on Saturday mornings before we head out and go uh, out into the community, and whether it's the bus ministry or uh, soul winning, and we we go out and knock on doors and tell people about Christ. Uh, And before we go, you know, we may we may have uh, 15 people. Sometimes we might have 30 people, Uh, but we'll have people that'll go out, and we're just going into uh, Linda. 17,000 people. Olivehurst, another 11,000 people. We're not talking about nations. We're talking about small communities. And these 12, they were originally given a mission that was already a great weight. But at the resurrection, after the Lord has risen again, he not only took that mission and continued it, he expanded that mission. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, is that a mission that those 12 men could accomplish by themselves? Absolutely not. And that mission is a mission that you and I are to be a part of. And so uh, we're going to look at several things this morning as we look about this mission changing several observations. Number one, the resurrection elevated the mission. The resurrection elevated the, the mission. And, and here we are in the Christmas season. We're looking at the incarnation, the coming of the Messiah in bodily form. And I'm thankful that he did. And then we look uh, as, as he went to the cross and, and how he died on the cross to pay for the sins of mankind, to, to bridge that gap between heaven and, and earth, to bridge that gap, that enmity that was between God and man and Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah. He paid, he suffered in himself and paid redemption's price for you and for me. He died, he paid for my sin debt. He, he paid the debt that I, did not, that I owed. And, and what a blessing that that is, that he was willing to do so. Uh, but, but after the resurrection, after he rose again, it, it didn't just stay with the nation of Israel. It went to the Gentile nations as well. It went to all the world. And that means that there is hope for everyone. What a blessing. There's hope for everyone. There's hope for you. There's hope for me. If you're sitting here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, there's hope. There's hope. It doesn't matter uh, all the different pressures and problems that we may face in life, the circumstances that we may be going through. Those that are online this morning, uh, you, may, you may say, well, pastor, I just don't know. There's hope. There's hope. Uh, the resurrection, the living Savior brings hope. What what an amazing God we serve, and he he brings hope. Uh, So the resurrection elevated the mission. He said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Secondly, the resurrection ushered in a new ministry of the Holy Spirit. You see, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon someone to empower them to come to accomplish his will. He came upon Samson. He came upon Elijah. You would see the Spirit of God coming upon the Old Testament uh, saints. And and as they were serving, the Spirit of God would would empower them to accomplish a, a job. But in the New Testament, that all changed. In the New Testament, the Holy Spirit indwells the believer. Uh, The body is the temple of the Holy Ghost for those who are saved. And so uh, after the resurrection, he lives in the believer. John chapter 20 and verse number 19, the Bible says, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Uh, Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, peace be unto you. As my father hath sent me, uh, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. You see, uh, this is the the indwelling of the Spirit of God. Acts chapter 1, he said, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. The indwelling and the empowering of the Holy Spirit is not just so we can uh, enjoy the, the presence of God. It is so we can accomplish the job that he has set us here to do. The mission. He wants us to be a part of the mission, the fulfilling uh, of the mission of reaching this world with the gospel. And here the Lord, uh, he breathes on the disciples, these 12 apostles uh, and uh, these 11, and they receive the Holy Spirit of God. Acts chapter two, we see the Holy Spirit uh, coming in and indwelling the other believers. And for uh, the, those that uh, are saved now, the, when you accepted Christ as your savior, the Spirit of God, came in to live. What a blessing. He said, well, pastor, you know, how, how do we know that? Well, not only does the Bible tell us that, but your spirit should bear witness with his spirit that ye are the child of God. And, and I don't know about you, when I got saved, I mean, I wasn't born saved. You might not believe that, but no I, no, I wasn't born saved, and I didn't grow up saved, uh, and there were a lot of things in my life that needed a change, and after I got saved, all of a sudden, there was conviction where there had never been conviction. I could do things, and it didn't bother me one bit, but just thinking about doing things and just the process of going through and starting to do things... Inside, the Holy Spirit of God was saying, "Don't do that, don't do that." What was it? Uh, he is—he indwells the believer. You say, "Well, Pastor, I don't have that." Then I would doubt my salvation. If you don't have the conviction of the Spirit of God in your life, either we have—we have, we have uh, seared our heart, or we are not His. Because he says, he chasteneth every son whom he receiveth. He said, if you are without chastisement, he said, then are ye bastards and not sons. He said, you're not mine, you're illegitimate. You may say that you're mine, but you're not mine. And that's what God says. And you and I, uh, if we don't have the Spirit of God dwelling within us, then we are not a child of God. The Spirit of God uh, is, dwells within the, the heart of the child of God. And He leads us, and He guides us, and He enlightens us. What a blessing it is. Uh, he comforts us, John 14, 26, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you John 15:26 but when the comforter is come whom I will send uh, unto you from the father even the spirit of truth which proceedeth from the father he shall testify of me uh, John chapter 16 verse 13. Howbeit when he the spirit of truth is come he will guide you into all truth for he shall not speak of himself but whatsoever he shall hear that shall he speak and he will show you things to come he shall glorify me for he shall receive of mine and show, shall show it unto you all things that the father hath are mine therefore said i he that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you so the holy spirit Uh, after the resurrection he came and and he is the comforter and he is the empowerer and he is the revealer of truth he is the convictor of sin he is the convincer of truth he is the guide he is the enlightener Uh, and all this and so much more the indwelling spirit of god and all this came after the resurrection what a blessing I am so thankful that the Spirit of God dwells in us. For the child of God. Now, you say, well, pastor, none of this makes any sense. I don't, I, this is all, and if you have never been taught, then these are just truths that you can grab a hold of. But if you're not saved, the mission is still to get the gospel to those who are without Christ. But it's not just to get the gospel for the salvation of the lost, it is for the salvaging of the saved. Think about just what God does in a life. Think about, personally, I watched as God put our family together. I have no doubt, I have no doubt that my mom and dad would not have survived without the Savior. I have no doubt that my life would be, in re- would be wrecked and ruined. Just the path that I was already on. You know what happened? God got involved and the blessings that we get to enjoy because of the Word of God, because of the Son of God, because of the Spirit of God. And so we see here uh, that uh, uh, the resurrection elevated the mission. The resurrection, uh, it ushered in a new ministry of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Thirdly, the resurrection settled the believer's faith. It settled their faith. Now, when we look at Mark chapter 16, well, what do we find? We find, first of all, that they doubted. I mean, here he appears to Mary, and, and, and she goes back and tells them, and they didn't believe her. Now, you, you hear that crazy woman? She's saying that, that Jesus is alive. Now, Jesus said that he was going to rise again, but they didn't remember. What was the Holy Spirit gonna do? He was gonna call to remembrance all the things that he had taught them. And the Lord comes back, and he's recognizing the condition of their faith, and he upbraids them for their doubt, their unbelief. Now, what's so hard for me to gather is how would you take a mission that was already unfathomably big and then look at a group of people that are doubting and then expand the mission. I would look at it and think, you know what? Maybe we need to back up a little bit. Maybe we need to uh, go back to that business plan, and maybe we just need to look at Judea. Uh, maybe we don't want to do all the nation of Israel. Let's, let's, let's uh, regroup, and uh, these disciples, these apostles, they're they're doubt, they, they don't have that faith. Let's go ahead and back up. Uh, but that's not what the Lord did. He didn't back up after the resurrection. Uh, he empowered them to do more. He knew what could be accomplished and his mission and his vision of reaching the world with the gospel was not dependent on these 12. It was dependent on who he was and who he is. And let me tell you something. He's still alive, and he still wants to see people saved. He still wants to use people that have doubt. Well, Lord, I... I want to be a witness for you. I just don't know enough. So I'll just, I'll just wait and learn a little bit, little bit more. Well, what if they ask me a question? If I go to tell somebody about the Lord and they ask me a question that I don't have the answer to, what do I do? You do like the rest of us. You go back to your Bible and you study and come back with an answer. Nobody has all the answers. I've been in full-time ministry uh, for 28 years uh, and, and been a Christian for 30, uh, 37 years uh, and uh, 38 years. And, uh, you know, you, you start looking at all that uh, you learn and grow, but you never get it all. And our doubt, our disbelief, our insecurities... They don't stop the Lord. If somebody's gonna get saved, it's not gonna be because of us anyway. We're just a mouthpiece we're just a tool. We are just somebody that's going to be obedient. We're going to carry the message from one person to the next person. Uh, it's up to them what they're going to do with it. Uh, and you and I, we have to recognize that this, after the resurrection, the Lord still chose to expand this mission uh, with people whose faith was already frail. And, and uh, in the resurrection, we see how he, he settles the believer's Faith. Look back at Mark chapter 16 and verse number 1. And I'll hasten here, uh, watching the clock back there. Uh, I'm not gonna do anything about it, but I'll watch it, just make you feel a little bit better. Um, Mark chapter 16, look at verse one. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulchre at the rising of the sun, and they said un- among themselves, who shall uh, roll us away the storm? from the door of the sepulchre. And when they had looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulchre, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white ro- uh, garment, and they were affrightened. And he saith unto them, "Be not affrighted, ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen, He is not here. Behold the place where the Lord laid. Uh, look down at verse number nine. Now, when Jesus was risen early, the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. So uh, we see here how he appears uh, to Mary Magdalene, uh, this lady that had a life that was was uh, controlled by Satan and uh, and all the the uh, tra- trappings that go with that. And this this woman uh, had seven demons cast out of her but the Lord appeared to her first. Isn't it amazing? There's no position. He didn't look and say, well, you know what? If I'm going to appear, I got to go through the apostles first and then I'll I'll go through all these different. He appeared to somebody that loved him. I hope we love him. I'm not talking about academic knowledge. Is there a love that we have for the Lord? Not a love for what he does for us, but a love for who he is. And he appears to Mary Magdalene. Uh, and then he appears in verse 7 and 8 to the apostles. And, uh, and uh, then uh, these, these individuals, uh, they, uh, they did not believe at first. Uh, verse uh, 10 and 11. And she went and told them that had been with him as they mourned and wept. And they, when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, believed not. So these disciples, these apostles, they did not believe believed that the Lord had appeared uh, to Mary. We've, we see in chapter 16 as well, uh, verse number 12 and 13, that he appeared to uh, two other disciples. Well, that corresponds with the book of Acts and, uh, and the appearance of Jesus to the disciples on the road to Emmaus. Uh, and, and as they walked together and they talked with him, uh, uh, the Lord, the Bible says that their hearts did burn within them. Just the presence of who Jesus was and then he goes back and he goes back to the twelve these apostles and he challenges their unbelief Mark 16, 14, Afterward he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. So he did, they did not believe the testimony uh, of the believers. And, and you know what? The testimony of the believers should encourage our faith. It should not encourage doubt. You know, just because somebody is a believer doesn't mean that they will always give you truth. But the Spirit of God that dwells within the believer should recognize truth as it is being conveyed. And this truth was being conveyed. And the Lord, he chastens them. Uh, Verse 15, and he said to them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The mission was changed. The mission was expanded. It went worldwide. And you and I have to recognize that 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 expanded mission has not been revoked. Amen. That, that mission has not been put on hold. There's no hiatus. The Lord didn't stop and back up and say, well, you know what? These are hard times and America is going sideways and uh, these other countries are rejecting. Uh, they, they say by 2030, 2030, 2032, I believe it was what Barna said, uh, that there will be more uh, English-speaking Christians in China than in the United States. They say that there is revival going on in China, the underground church. What is it? Uh, Because the, the community can't stop the church. The culture of what's going on in the world can't stop the truth of the gospel from going forth. Then you get into places like the Philippines and, uh, and all that's going on. You look into Lebanon, and we look, listen to some of our missionaries as they are talking and how the gospel in Muslim countries is going, uh, is going through the communities, and people are, are getting saved. What a blessing. And, and they are, these are places where there is great persecution. I wonder if America will not turn back to God until great persecution comes. I wonder if the churches are going to be hamstrung in our efforts because we are rich, because we are blessed, because we have much goods and have need of nothing as the church in Laodicea, uh, and because of our prosperity and, and our uh, all of the things that we have, we, we have lost touch with the mission. We have backed up on the mission. We have given ourselves a pass on the mission. Almost like, well, they're not going to listen, so I'm not responsible to tell, but that's not the case. The mission needs to go forward regardless of how it's received. The message of truth, the message of Jesus Christ needs to be conveyed. Why? Because the Lord's coming back. He's coming back. And it could be at any day. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for him to come. I'm ready for him to come. Uh, I I tell the story. When uh, I first got saved and started growing in the Lord, I I heard how the believers were supposed to be looking for his glorious appearing. It's like, okay, I'm supposed to be looking forward to the Lord coming back. But I still had things I wanted to do. Started dating this pretty lady down here on the second row, and it was like, okay, Lord, I want you to come back, but I want to get married first. And then it was, Lord, I want you to come back, but we want to have children. I want to be able to, to have children and enjoy that blessing. After I had a couple, it was like, <laughs> just kidding. And then it was, Lord, I, I, wanna, I want you to come back, but we were in Bible college. It was like, Lord, I want you to come back, but I want to get out into the ministry. I want to serve. 28 year, years later, it's like, Lord, just come back. You know, the Lord, he's coming. But don't we get attached? We get attached to so many things down here. We set our affections down here. And I'm not saying it's, it's not wrong to want it. Brother Ryan, would you like the Lord to come back today? You want him to come after May, right? <laughs> you know, we want the Lord to come back. But we've got to be honest with ourselves. Sometimes we're more planted here than we want to be truthful about the things that are going on I'm going to speak on it tonight as we're going to have the Lord's Supper on setting our affections on things above the affections the word affection is passion our passion should be for what's in heaven not just for what's down here and here the Lord has given a mission to these apostles. After the resurrection, he expands the mission. He changes the mission. Originally it was, do not go to the Samaritans. Do not go uh, to the uh, Gentiles. And it wasn't that the Lord was being racist. Some, somebody somewhere will take it out and say the Lord Jesus was racist. No, it wasn't racist. It, it was in his plan in his steps of where he was going, he was expanding it to the entire world. And that mission hasn't changed. The title of the message, go ahead and put it back up. The mission changed for the apostles. The mission has not changed for us. In COVID, the mission hasn't changed. Let me say that again. In COVID, the mission has not changed. I'm going to say that again. In COVID, the mission has not changed. All right, we're getting getting a little bit closer. The culture of what is going on around us should not consume us. What should consume us is the mission that the Lord has given to us. And it is not just the mission of the pastor. It's not just the mission of a staff. It's not just a mission of some select believers. It is the mission of every believer to communicate the gospel, communicate the message of Jesus Christ. And just think, don't you want everybody to enjoy what the Lord has done in your life? And that's why we should keep going. And that's why we should keep telling. And that's why we as a church should keep growing. Amen? Why? Because there are more people to reach. The message has not changed. He didn't say go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, expecting that just those 12 were going to do it. No, the great commission, it was to go, to teach, to baptize, and to teach. It was the making of disciples. And that mission of making disciples is a process uh, that should be continued. And you and I uh, should not only get saved if we're not saved. We need to get saved. But then uh, we need to follow the Lord, be obedient. The first step is baptism. If you've not followed the Lord in believer's baptism, you are disobedient to the Lord. Amen, then he goes on and he says uh, to go, to teach, to baptize, and then to teach, Uh, what do we, to teach them all things whatsoever I have commanded you. What are they to do? They then are to go and make disciples. It is just to continue, that mission is still active. Are we on board with the mission? You know, the wing out here with the Air Force, there's a mission. And every every part of our armed services, they all have a mission of protecting the United States, foreign and abroad. And and with that, there is an overarching mission, but within it, each, each group Each force has a different focus on how they're going to keep that mission. We gotta make sure that as believers, we're not in competition with anybody. We're all as believers to be fulfilling the mission that God has given to us. Now let me ask you a couple questions this morning, and I'm done. Bible's closed. I'll even close my iPad, there we go. Are you saved? Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your savior? Do you know that you know that you're on your way to heaven? If you don't know that you're saved, that's the first step. The Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He wants us to not only know, he he wants us to not only be saved, he wants us to know that we're saved. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life. He has given us a Bible so we can have the assurance of our salvation. If you don't have that assurance, You might be saved, you you, you may have accepted the Lord and maybe you just need uh, some help getting that uh, nailed down. But if you doubt your salvation, get it nailed down today. If you're saved, are we being obedient? Part of the mission, the great commission, great as in importance, highest level, the great commission starts with salvation Then it's obedience, teaching, baptism, following the Lord. If you've not followed the Lord in believer's baptism, you need to get baptized. You say, well, I was baptized as a baby. Well, if I take this ring off, um, Charlotte, can you come here for a second? I know this is a man's ring, but put that on your left hand there. There you go. Does that make you married? No. No. It's just just an ornament. There's no relationship. You see, a wedding ring does not, baptism does not make me saved. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. It is the salvation and baptism, the salvation and baptism, it's just expected that a child of God is gonna follow the Lord in baptism obedience. But the believing not is what he said, you shall be damned. So, so it's not just the symbol Baptism is a symbol of what the Lord has done for us. Uh, We stand in the water, picturing the death of Christ on the cross, his burial, and then his resurrection. It's just identifying an outward picture of an inward condition. And when, when you got saved, you got saved because of what Christ did. And the Lord sees by faith what happens, but he wants us to tell others what happened. And his way not our way. His way of us communicating that is to follow in believer's baptism. And then for us to go make disciples, tell others, teach others. It's a process. And every one of us need to be a part of that process. The mission changed for the apostles but not in its direction, it just expanded. But it hasn't changed at all for the church. It hasn't changed at all for you and for me. And it doesn't matter if we fill the seats in this auditorium or whether we have uh, we have nobody in this auditorium. The mission is the same. And I'm thankful that there are people that are here this morning. What a blessing that that is. But the mission, there should be some more people that need the Lord. We drive through our communities and there are so many people that need the Lord Jesus Christ. And you and I are the ones that the Lord wants to use to get the gospel, get the truth, get that relationship to them so they can know the Savior as well. The mission changed, but not for us. The expectation for us is just to be engaged, just to be a part, not a spectator, to be a part of that mission. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. You know the needs of each person. Uh, Lord, there are people here this morning in a crowd this size that uh, potentially there, there are several that would not know you as their Savior. Uh, there are others, Lord, that uh, potentially have not accepted you, uh, Lord, and followed you a, in believer's baptism. There are others that are saved and love you, but they're, they're not telling other people about you. They're not engaged in the mission. And I pray that you would help all of us, myself included, help me to grow uh, in this area of the mission. And so just bless now in this invitation, heads bowed, eyes closed. You're here this morning. You say, pastor, I'm saved. I know it. I've got that settled. I'm on my way to heaven. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if I died, I'm going to heaven. Just slip your hand up as a testimony to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You can put your hands down. You're here this morning. You say, pastor, I was honest. I didn't raise my hand. I don't know if I died today. I couldn't take the Bible and show you how I know for sure I'm on my way to heaven. Say, pastor, I'm not sure, I'm concerned about it. Pray for me, pray for me. I'm not sure of my salvation. Just slip your hand up. I won't come to you, I won't embarrass you, uh, but I wanna pray for you. I see your hand, I see your hand. You can put it down. Who else? Pastor, I'm not sure if I died right now, I'd go to heaven, I'm concerned about it. Pray for me, pray for me. How about it, child of God? Are we engaged in the mission? You say, Pastor, I'm saved. But the Lord put his finger on something in my life that I need to work on. Nobody's looking around. Just slip your hands up. Lord put his finger on something. I, I got to be involved in this mission. I'm, I, I'm not as engaged as I need to be. Uh, I, I'm not as faithful to him as I need to be. But the Lord spoke to my heart. I, I'm going to do something about it. Just slip your hands up. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, Father, you know the needs of each person. I pray that you would work uh, in our hearts. Help us to respond to you. And so work now, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together as the instruments continue to play. If the Lord spoke to your heart, you come. Uh, Make a place at the altar and talk to the Lord. Do business about it. Uh, do, Do business with the Lord. You raised your hand. Unsure of your salvation, you come. We'll have someone take the Bible and show you what God has to say about you going to heaven. Maybe you're you're here this morning and uh, you you've been saved, but you've not followed the Lord and believers baptism, you come. We'll have someone we'll have someone take and take you back so you can get baptized today. Everything's ready. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc the number 4 me.org. May God bless you.